Hey, open your Bibles to Galatians 2.20. I, I won't take uh, much time at all uh, wrapping up this, this first uh, kind of introduction to what uh, Jay calls the course for the year. And uh, I would be absolutely flabbergasted if there's, <laughs> if there's a man in this room who doesn't struggle with at least one of these issues, truth be told. Maybe Jay, maybe Jay. He might be the holy one uh, among us. But we're talking about true worship, true worship and the life of, of faithfulness. Um, uh, uh, true worship is, is when we love God with a heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and it, it is the, it is the uh, uh, exclusive of power of life. Boy, I'm really ringing there, Matthew. Exclusive power of life, which, which, gives ex, which leads to the effective expression of loving neighbor as ourselves. And then, of course, Jesus dialed us in the greatest commandments, love God, love neighbor. And that's what the life of faithfulness uh, looks like. Uh, we, we turn to uh, Romans 1, 16, uh, 17, and, and, and we saw that there that what, what salvation is, is the freedom to love God truly, true worship, to, to live out of that reality. And we flowed into Romans 8, 1, 18 through 25, and we realized there that the problem is not sin. Sin is the symptom. The problem is idolatry. Uh, human beings are idolatry fact, uh, factories where we're always looking to grab hold of those things that are close at hand, those things of creation, and we do that, 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 that great transfer where we put creation in the place of God and instead of exercising that royal dominion that God created us for, we become uh, enslaved. And so we see in Romans chapter 12 that Paul calls us to present our bodies as living sacrifices, that, that we might be transformed in the renewing of our minds. And, and, and we see there that, that, that life is all about, as we worship the Lord, he develops uh, habits of mind and body to, to anchor us into that life of faithfulness as we worship him. Uh, open your, uh, if your Bibles are open to uh, Galatians 2.20, I, I, I just invite you to stand as I read and follow along as I read. This is one of those uh, must-have-in-your-heart verses. The apostle writes, <clears throat> I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Powerful, powerful words. Go ahead and sit down. It really is our, our, our marching orders. It's probably one of the best crystallations of the, of the faithful Christian life in, in all of scriptures. Paul begins, I have been crucified with Christ. Interesting phrase he uses. Paul isn't talking about the uh, uh, the narrative of, Je of Jesus's you know betrayal and and death and resurrection here, but 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 he grabs hold of this of this brutal image. <sighs> Cru crucifixion has been you know has, has not been part of the world for a long long time. It is, I dare say, impossible for us to crawl into the. Uh, the, uh, the, the experience of, of, of crucifixion and, and, and what, what, what lights off in the hearts of Paul's 
readers as he says, I have been crucified with Christ, excruciating pain and agony. Uh, you, you, you hung on a cross for three or four days normally be, before you died. You were stripped naked. You, you, were, you, were, wrecked, you were wrecked with pain. You, you were an object of, of public shame. Uh, mothers would walk by and shake their, their, their fingers at, at that man on the, on the cross and say, now you listen to me and you do what I say or one day you're going to hang on a cross just like that wicked man up there. Absolutely a horrific image. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. And what he means there is, is entering into deep, deep agony, deep, deep pain. That ought to make you a little nervous. <laughs> ought to make you a little nervous. Because the Lord invites us to that place when he's talking about uh, developing new habits of mind and body. What, what we need to appreciate is, is how deeply rooted uh, habits are uh, in our lives, the ways we think and the things we do every day. I've told you before, I'll tell you again, 90% of the stuff we do every day is done on automatic pilot, from brushing your teeth to driving your car to probably a lot of the stuff you do at work, especially if, if, you're, in the, if you're in the trades. I bet you, Adam, when you're painting the house, most of the time your, your, your attention is not on what you're doing, right? It's all automatic because you've been doing it so long and you do it so well. Automatic pilot, right? Right? Most of what we do is, 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 has, has been literally formed into our brains, habits of mind, and into our bodies, the things we do. In our idolatry, we get wrapped around darkness, and our lives come to be conformed to those things. And Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Absolutely everything inside of me has changed. So for Paul, it was his, his, his understanding of the law. Now, as in, and, and we, you can read about this in, in Romans 7. You can read about it in Philippians chapter 3. As, as Paul used to, Paul celebrated his his, uh, his commitment to being God's man through the law. And as he read the law as a first century Jew, he recognized it as, as an instrument of separation. You understand, in, in Paul's mind, prior, prior to Christ, there are two types of people in the world. There are God's people, the, the holy and righteous people of God who've been uh, selected by God to bear witness to his moral order, uh, to serve him and, and, and to worship him. And God gave the law in order to keep his people pure and distinct and separate from Gentile sinners. And every time Paul opened the Bible, that, that notion was reinforced, that, 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 that habit of mind. 
There are God's holy people, and there's everybody else. And every time I read the Bible, that's reinforced. Not just habits of mind, but habits of body. What he ate, kosher food, uh, how he prayed, uh, what he did on the Sabbath, on, on Saturday, how he organized his year around the Jewish festivals. Everything about his life was organized around this understanding that, that, that God's people are holy and righteous and the nations are Gentile sinners and, and their separation. And then Jesus showed up and he realized that Jesus died not only for his sins, but for the sins of the whole world. And he realized that he'd been reading the Bible wrong the whole time, that the law was not intended to be an instrument of separation, but an but, but a, a instrument of, of, of uniting the world around our desperate need for Jesus. The law wasn't about how, how, to, how to keep separate, but, but to reveal that I'm a sinner, that I am in need of God's grace too, just like my, uh, my neighbor, just like the, uh, the rest of the nations. I'm not set apart, unique, and, 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 and different, you know, holy and over against. I'm just like that, that poor slob who's broken and confused. And for that light bulb to cl click on to, for Paul meant everything about his life needed to change. I have been crucified with Christ. And he gave himself to that quality of transformation. As we talk about the idolatries uh, in our life, what, what, what we need to understand when, is, is that when we give ourselves to false worship, we, we, we begin to organize, uh, even without thinking about it, how we think and what our bodies do around those idols. And it becomes core to who we are. And we can't imagine being anything different. And as we dial into Jesus, and as we get rid of those false idols and focus on Jesus alone and give ourselves to true worship, everything needs to change. I have been crucified with Christ. So we're so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, 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 the father wound. Whether you had a good father or a bad father, you got a wound. I I, I call it the boy gap. This desperate need for a validation and affirmation. And and if you've had powerful bull mooses in, in your life who have affirmed you and validated you, you have successfully uh, uh, maneuvered through those those tough waters and uh, in, into mature manhood. But I'm here to tell you, there are a whole lot of guys, maybe some of you, who still have a hole in your heart because you don't feel like you're adequate, that you don't feel like you, you've arrived, that you're pretending and someday everybody's going to go on to find out. And so what you've done is you've, is, is you've grabbed hold of something in the world in, or, in order to try to create a sense of validation in order to prove to yourself and everybody else that you are a worthwhile human being. 
And as we give our lives to Jesus and we hear of his great love for us, we realize everything I've organized my life around needs to change. If you ever struggled with, that, uh, with addiction, what addiction is, is all about is a, singular, is a singular purpose. The object of, of, of your desire, alcohol, drugs, work, sex, whatever it is, that becomes the, uh, uh, the exclusive purpose of your life. The Lord isn't there. That substance is or that or that behavior is. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about. You begin to fantasize on the next opportunity to, to use. You begin to, uh, 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 to um, you know, create those opportunities in, in order to you know, get to a private place so that you can use. And your whole life becomes organized around that addiction. And your family begins to suffer. Recovery is about saying with Paul, I've been crucified with Christ because everything needs to change. And when the Lord takes the place of that addictive substance, man, everything inside you starts to scream. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah, what does Paul mean by that? Okay, yeah, I, I, you know me. It's not magic. It's not Tinkerbell whacking you over the head. It's not this, you know, some kind of, you know, supernatural pre- presence taking over your body. No, no, that's not. That's what not. That's not what's going on at all. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives with me. Jesus says, um, uh, when the Comforter comes, the Spirit of Truth, He will lead you into all the truth. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives lives in me. We all have self-talk, right? The other voice in our head as we're scheming or strategizing. Right? Or, or planning. You know, sometimes it's, uh, it's, 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 it's the voice of, uh, you know, the arrogance. Man, I'm all that. You know? Sometimes it's, 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 it's the voice of paralysis. Man, I'm, I'm no good. We, we have self-talk. When Paul says, I've been, I've been crucified with Christ, there's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me, what Paul is saying is I have a new voice in my head. I have a new voice in my head. Christ is in me. And I'm silencing my self-talk. And I'm learning to hear the voice of the King who lives within me so I can know what he wants me to do so that I can do it. Now, there's self-talk. There's also all kinds of other voices in our heads. I mean, there's demon talk, too. And as we 
and we can, as, and, and, and as we realize that that the King of Creation wants to be inside my head, and wants to, and 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 wants to speak into my life, and wants to direct my life. I I I need to realize. I need to be very serious that there there are going to be all kinds of other voices in there too. And we have to learn how to discern what's self-talk, what's devil talk, and what's the talk of the master. Listen to what Jesus says. This is in John 5. 525, John 525. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. I'll read it again. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. One of the most important tasks of the, of, the, of the follower of Jesus, of the Christian disciple, is to learn to hear his voice, to recognize his voice, and then to do what he says. That's what worship is all about. It's letting go of those idols. I'm not going to let those idols shape my life anymore. I'm going to listen to Jesus. And Jesus is going to tell me what I need to do in order to develop the pot, the righteous habits of holiness, helping me understand how to think, how to perceive, how to interpret what happens to me, and then developing new muscle memory so, so that I begin to do right things without thinking about it. I just do it automatically. I do it because the Lord has, has trained me. So the key question is, uh, what do you do in order to keep yourself open to hearing the voice of the Lord? What do you do? What kind of habits does the Lord want you to cultivate in order to keep open to hear the voice of the Lord? 1991, September 7th, 1991. I know the day because that's my first daughter's birthday, my first child's birthday. She was born on a Saturday. I know she was born on a Saturday because, you know, I was the savior of the world. Man, I was the hottest preacher you've ever seen. I'd been a, I'd been a, a couple years in my first pulpit and uh, absolutely everything inside me Man told me that I need to do. I needed to be in the pulpit tomorrow, because that's my call, and the world will fall apart unless I'm there. So my baby was born at about nine o'clock Saturday night, and everything inside of me said, "You got to leave your wife and child." Go back to Tehachapi and get on that pulpit because you, my friend, are a man of God. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go. Understand? My baby's an hour old. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, what are you, an idiot? Yeah, I'm an idiot. Understand, habits of mind, called of God, best preacher in the world, the congregation will fall apart unless I'm there. This is who I am. At a deeper level, I'm desperate for affirmation and validation. And I got to do this. I'm just about ready to walk out the door and the Lord speaks to me for the second time in my life. I hear the audible voice of God. Stay with your wife and baby. When you hear that voice, you know it. No fight here. Called the... Guy named Dan, retired pastor in the congregation. Dan, my wife just had a baby. Can you take the pulpit tomorrow? He said, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you do to hear the voice of God? I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now get this. Listen to this. And the life I now live in the flesh and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me hear what he says the life I now live in the flesh that means your body that means developing the kind of pattern, the kind of habits that keep you in the presence of God, keeps you open to hearing His voice, and keeps you doing right things without ever having to think about it, because that's what the faithful Jesus has cultivated in your body. So I want to show you one of the most powerful habits of body you can ever develop. Are you ready? Okay. It's a three-step process. You might want to take notes. Okay. All right. Here it comes. Wait for it. Here we go. All right. All right? Step one. Step two. Step three. Okay, anybody miss that? Okay, let's go, let's go over it. Okay, I, Eli slow, I know. Let's try it one more time. Are you ready? Step one. Step two. Step three. Okay, so here's the deal. You do that every day for a month. Okay? Just do that every, I don't care what time you do it. I like doing it early in the morning. Do it once a day, 
every day for a month. Okay, and don't read it. That's step number four. I'm slowing, I'm slowing it down for Eli, all right? Don't read it. Don't, don't read it. Step one, step two, step three. Now, I'll bet you, you do it for two weeks, trying not to read it, know what you're going to start doing? You're going to start reading it. And you're going to break my rule, okay? But that's all right. This isn't a spiritual act. It's a physical act. It's what you do with your body. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You understand? Okay. Now, see, you start, start, start with that one. Right? One of the most powerful ways to stay open to hearing his voice. And what he's going to start having you do, he's going to start having you do other things with your body. Okay? Here's one. Uh, chances are, there's uh, someone in this room who comes regularly to Tuesday, has pizza, enjoys a pizza, uh, has, en enjoys the teaching, and after the teaching, gets in the car and goes home. I'm just guessing. I'm thinking so. There might be. Right? A habit of body that's been de uh, developed over maybe a few years of practice. Have dinner. Participate in the teaching. Go home. Here's an idea. I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, live by faith in the Son of God. He loved me and gave himself for me. Enjoy the pizza. Hear the teaching. And get your butt into a small group. Okay? Sit there for a month. Don't say anything. Just be there. Okay? Right? Pizza. Come to the teaching. Sit in a chair in a small group. And don't say anything for a month. You're just developing a new habit of body. That I'm guaranteed, I guarantee you will open, uh, open you to hearing the living voice of Jesus, that you too might hear the voice of the Son of God and live. Will you bow your hearts and heads with me? Lord, you call us to uh, true worship.
Lord, to the life of faithfulness. And Lord, that means new habits of mind and new habits of body. Lord, that means being crucified. Lord, doing things that go against our nature, a nature that has been cultivated by idolatry and those demonic forces that stand right behind those idols. Lord, you call us to to new habits of mind and body, Lord, to be open to hearing your voice. Lord, to, to, to learn those, those new habits of mind and body that we might be that kind of community that is different, that is powerful, that will change the world. So, Lord, move among us, move among us, move for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.